Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the story straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Welcome to the Mississippi Minute, folks. Hey, hey, hey. It is a Mississippi Minute. I love it. Don't forget, before we get started today, there's a lot of cool, cool things to do right here. In our glorious land we call home in Mississippi. Go to visit Mississippi.org. You're going to find a whole lot more. Okay. Today's guest and I met years and years ago in Rochester, New York. I was instantly drawn by his wisdom and kindness. We just hit it off. From his incredible band, the Chesterfield Kings, which I did sport the t-shirt, and a lot of my like major promo picks, his books he co-authored or authored, uh, the Beatles gear, Rolling Stones, Bigsby. They read like encyclopedias filled with incredible, precise knowledge. And he's one of the world's greatest historians when it comes to this subject. He's even consulted big-time movies. Uh, I want to talk about that, uh, some cool experiences, to make sure that when they are doing something that requires authenticity and it's music gear-related, well, he's the guy, and he doesn't let them sacrifice any integrity. And it ends up being what it should be. Not only all this that makes the man, he's a great guy, a phenomenal musician and songwriter. Sometimes keeping in touch depends on which way the wind's blowing, and obviously it's blowing in my favor today as we welcome in my pal. He's always called me his pal, the incredibly talented Andy Babuke. Andy. Steve, great to talk to you again. Oh, man. How's the weather in Rochester? It's snowing today. Yeah. <clears throat> we have some snow. We had snow the other day, just FYI, which was a which was a rarity, and I have video footage of it. I opened my curtains and looked down on our pond, and all the acreages were sitting there frozen, looking, and it was pretty cool. But uh, it's good to get a little snow. All right, so are you a Buffalo Bills, Bills fan? Let's just get it out of the way. Yeah, well, you know, it, we're we're right next to Buffalo. As a matter of fact. Um, in the preseason, they practice in Rochester at uh, one of the universities here. Wow. So you know, we so yeah, as a kid, you always hope Buffalo would be good, and they always suck. So <laughs> <laughs> they don't suck <laughs> anymore, man. They're good. They, I really yeah. think they have a great shot of winning this championship. Now, by the time this show airs. People are going to know if we were right or wrong, but uh, but uh, you know Jim Kelly and I have gone a long way back. I actually came and did his son's hunters uh, hunter uh, many years ago. I uh, got to know Jim uh, and the charity event for uh, for that, and I know he's gone through a lot. So I, I know I see him smiling a lot watching these games. I know that it matters to him. So anyway, uh, I think of Jimmy and uh, all that. All right, so I want to talk about. The growing up years. I've, I've gotten to know you, uh, obviously, a, as adults, but I love understanding where your uh, beginnings came from, where 
how you got inspired. Obviously, your the music you love and listen to, the way you dress, it's very you know retro back in the day. And uh, your the friends that you make music with, your new band I want to talk about, your your relationship with Little Steven Van Zant, how strong that has become over the years, how much work you've done together. So let's go back to the beginning. When did the bug bite you? You know, when did you meet the guys from the band? Take me back to the, the, the beginning days. Well, when I was a little whippersnapper, you know, I had two older sisters, um, and um, <clears throat> they were into the Beatles, you know. Uh, they had Beatles records and stuff, and, you know, that I kind of grew up seeing that. And then, you know, when I was a little kid, I saw Help, the, movie, the Beatles movie Help, and that kind of freaked me out. I was like, ah, that's what I distinctly remember telling my parents when I was a little kid um I, when i grow up i want to be a beetle and they were trying to convince me like look you can't grow up to be a beetle you could be a doctor you could be a lawyer you could be an engineer but like you can't just grow up and be be a beetle and and i couldn't understand the concept that you can't just that's what you want to do for a living <laughs> like i was a little kid you know yeah yeah <laughs> so so here i am years later you know I don't I know. know what you call yeah. it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what we call either one of us, but I love that. Some, some mutant. <laughs> yeah, we're both mutants. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, you know, I've always just uh, really dug, you know, a lot of the stuff from the 50s and 60s, including, like, you know, old blues stuff. It's just, like, the DNA of, like, rock and roll, really. And, um, you know, I think it was, like, in the late 70s, I ran into a bunch of guys, and we decided to start a band the chesterfield kings that would kind of dip into the whole flavor of garage band from the 60s and and it was weird man like the third gig we ever played was in new york city and it happened to be a big gig and they wrote about us in the there was an old magazine called the new york rocker they did this big story on us next thing you know we're like getting asked to play all these big shows and <laughs> it just kind of happened overnight and it was in the time period where um, college radio wouldn't get serviced by major record companies. They wouldn't send them product. So we did an album, and the record label serviced all the college stations in the whole country. Wow. And all of a sudden, we were getting airplay in every college station throughout the whole country, and we started playing, you know, as a teenager, was playing all over the country, you know, touring and stuff. So it was kind of weird, kind of fun. And then next thing you know, we're in Europe, playing in Europe. For like we the first tour we did was in 1987 we did a tour of all of Europe we were there for four months <laughs> we played like every Wait, city so uh, you're so educated right so it was the road your education and I got to understand and you can maybe tell me later but I mean you know I know you've homeschooled you guys have homeschooled your kids were you homeschooled mm -hmm. I was not no no I went you know I went to school I was kind of one of those. Uh, like, I, I went to school, but I wasn't into it. Like, I wasn't a jock. I wasn't, like, you know, I, I didn't kind of fit into anything. I was I was into music. And when I was in high school, I was already touring. I was, you know, I wouldn't show up on, like, Thursdays and Fridays because I'd be on the road. I'd have to, like, you know, pretend I was sick or something. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. <laughs> you know, and I did, I did go to college. Oddly enough, I went to college for data processing, which you know, before computers are, you know, they didn't even have laptops on. And I was like, you know, I was, I, I liked it, but then I'm looking at the people doing it. And it was literally like, 
like the people with the glasses with the tape yeah. in between, like on their nose and the <laughs> pencils in the pocket, you know, <laughs> the plastic thing. And I was just, no way I'm going to do this, you know. And, and, and in the meantime, I'm out touring. Like, I would miss a lot of school, but I would get chicks to, like, do my homework for me and stuff. It was, of course. It's kind of a weird thing. You know, isn't it interesting, you and I both know this business is very complicated. If you look back and you think about your third gig being in New York City and all of a sudden a magazine writes about you, also, it just doesn't happen that way. <laughs> no. <laughs> right? It doesn't. Yeah, it, it's literally the stars have to line up. And we were doing something so weird and so bizarre, and, and it was not, like, we just literally didn't care. We were a bunch of punky kids that, like, were like, you know, we are arrogant little shits, really. I mean, <laughs> you know. Well, well, you know what, though, I'm sorry, but I guess what I want to say there is, uh, but musician-wise, have you guys, how good were you back then compared to all the years later? Because your live records were always incredible. You know, you did the, you sent me the blues record you did. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah, we, I mean, we were, we were pretty good. We actually were pretty staunch in about, like, rehearsing and stuff and we wanted to be really good um you know and, and we had an act we did a show a live show that was uh you know it, w it was entertaining you know mm -hmm. um you know and, and, and it worked you know people dug it you know and the other thing that we did is we were we put out a lot of records we never tried to like put out a record and then milk it for two years we would always put out something new so we always had new product coming out i guess that helped too i don't know you think back in those days People were not putting out a lot of product back like that. That was that was very unique, just as simple and cool as you guys sending uh, to all the university radios, all the college radio, getting in that scene. That was brilliant, but also the fact that putting out extra material back then used to be like two and three years sometimes before you'd hear another. Record. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we would have singles coming out, and it wasn't it wasn't like normal to do that stuff we were doing everything like against the grain and i remember like rem was just starting to happen and they were kind of tapping into the same thing the difference was is we were signed to an independent label and they were signed to irs and obviously irs had the money to push into it but we were doing the same kind of similar circuit you know there was a handful of bands that a lot of them did break through because they were on major labels and once the label saw that wow these guys we can make money on these guys this stuff selling then they pumped real money into it next thing you know they got really big but like we were always on an independent label and they just never had the money to do it you're looking at today versus yesterday and vinyls made a resurgence right because beca oh, yeah. because of all the obvious reasons and we can get into that in a little bit uh let's let's take a break real quick because we're running out of the first segment of a mississippi minute because you know mississippi we roll pretty quick although i know you think <laughs> i know you think we move pretty slow but we don't baby we rock and roll i'm with my pal andy babuke in the keep mississippi beautiful studio go to visit mississippi.org he knows a whole lot of history about mississippi and i know he digs it because the beatles Aren't the Beatles without Muddy Waters? Or the Rolling Stones, I guess, is the best thing to say. Maybe the Rolling Stones aren't the Rolling Stones without Muddy Waters. Whatever you, whichever way you slide it, slice it, Beatlemania depended on the blues. And this man loves our blues. I'm Steve Azar. Yep. We'll be right back.
Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. I'm sure by now you're aware of the shortage of ammunition that shooters and hunters are experiencing nationwide. Right now we have a good supply of popular calibers like 9mm pistol and 223 rifle, as well as others that we're offering at fair market prices. We do limit the amount you can buy each day. At the range, we'd rather everybody have some than a few buy it all. I hope you'll come visit us soon and check out all the many things we have to offer at the range. A totally new and different type of gun store. Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from the Tractor Store in Richland. Now's the best time of the year to save more with Mahindra. And it all starts with zero. Pay zero down and zero percent interest up to 60 months. That's more for less on many of Mahindra's best-selling models with tractors that deliver more lift, capacity, fuel efficiency, and built-in weight. So get zero down, zero percent interest for up to 60 months on Mahindra, the world's number one selling tractor, Mahindra, available at the Tractor Store in Richland. It's that time of year when love is in the air and you just crave something sweet. Valentine's Day. Ah, uh, wrong. It's Mazda of Jackson's Sweet Deal Sales Event. That's right, all February. We're giving you the sweetest deals possible on our entire selection of Mazdas. Right now, get 0% financing for 60 months on new 2021 Mazda CX-9s and on 2021 Mazda 6s. That's right, 0% for 60 months. This will save you thousands in finance charges. We're also offering you money-saving deals on every vehicle in stock. Get super low 2.9% financing on certified pre-owned Mazda 3s and Mazda CX-5s. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Our credit specialists work hard to get you approved. No matter your past credit history, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Bring in your current vehicle and we'll give you the best possible price for it, even if you don't buy a new one from us. So come scoop up your sweet deal before it's too late. Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. See dealer for details with approved credit on select models. Hey there, this is Jody Adams at Ridgeland Medical Clinic. We are now accepting appointments for chronic and acute care as well as walk-ins. We are convenient conveniently located off Highway 51 in the Oak Place Shopping Center. I invite you to call today. That's Jody Adams with Ridgeland Medical Clinic. Our phone number is 601-790-7711. We offer the gold standard COVID-19 PCR testing with next day results. We at Ridgeland Medical Clinic hope to see you soon. Our number is 601-790-7711. Demand the best for your truck. Linex spray-on bed liners give the only nationwide lifetime warranty. Linex of Jackson is your source for all of your truck accessory needs from lift kits, wheels, tires, bed covers, hitches, you name it, we do it. Want leather installed in your car or truck? We even give a lifetime warranty on our leather. Linex of Jackson has been your source for spray and bed liner and truck accessories for over 20 years. Come see us on Highway 80 between Airport and Crossgates. Linex of Jackson, 601-664-0030. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm with Andy Babuke, incredible singer-songwriter, great musician, great guy, has great shoes. I've seen them, they have points. I'm not going to just go there. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, he wears black, uh, like Johnny Cash, but in his own way. Go to visit Mississippi.org to find out the cool musicians like maybe Jimmy Rogers or B.B. King or Elvis or Conway or Charlie or you can just go on and on, Howlin' Wolf, and just learn about their great history. Uh, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm Steve Azal. Rolling down a Mississippi Minute. Andy, let's go into why the Chesterfield Kings. What was the name? I'm sorry? Where the Chesterfield Kings come from, the name? Oh, it was in the cigarettes. I don't remember those. It was those. like 
Yeah, there was a, a, a brand of cigarettes very popular in the you know 30s, 40s, 50s, even 60s, uh, Chesterfield Kings. And um, huh. there was the Chesterfields. They had no filter. And the Chesterfield Kings had filters. <laughs> Never heard of that. Never heard. <laughs> it, just sounded, I mean, <laughs> it, it just sounded good because, you know, the Rolling Stones that had multiple syllables, we figured the Chesterfield Kings, it sounded very regal. <laughs> hey, I, I think it does. You know, the, the thing is it brings back a memory. Back in the day, my brother Joe, who you know very well, had these drive-in convenience stores, and uh, they were called The Barn. And uh, I'd work it as a little kid, and... I learned to talk fast because I was around blues musicians that actually talked faster down here than my mom and dad. Because my mom and dad are so southern, baby, darling, everything, gate aid, no R's. And we were talking fast, but I'll never forget this one guy would come in every day and go, Steve, I want to pack a Filter King Cool. Filter King Cool. It was all one word, Filter King Cool. You know, so it was the... I know about cools, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, right. that's uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, that's let, it. all right. So, you guys are making a bunch of records. Where does little Steven Van Zant come into the role? Is this during the uh, Sopranos deal? Because you know we got R.L. Burnside, and I just got through making a record with Cedric uh, recently that did really well for us uh, off my Mississippi reunion record uh, called Cold Water, and uh, I, I've loved Cedric for many years. And knew him as uh well knew of him as a little boy playing drums for RL, uh, but take me back to how it all came about with you and uh, and little Steven. Well, we, well, you know, we were you know cruising around playing, you know, doing our thing, you know, putting out records and stuff, and um, you know, we were there was this scene in New York City, you know, they called it the Garage Revival, and, and they always called us the kings of it because we kind of started it, right? And so we, you know, we'd play in New York City an awful lot. And there was a promoter down there doing these uh, garage festivals. Like, you'd do a weekend, and they'd have, like, you know, Question Mark and the Mysterians and the Sonics, and they'd ask us to play. And we went down and we played. And little Steven got involved with this guy, this promoter, and he kept on hearing about this band, the Chesterfield Kings, and he goes, i got to meet these guys. you got to meet these guys. <laughs> and, um, and somehow we got invited when he was launching his Sirius radio station. He did this big, like, extravaganza party at the Hard Rock in Manhattan, and they invited us to come, so we went. And we didn't know the guy. We just kind of went. We figured it would be a good party. Why not? We go down there, and he sees us, and he stops doing what he's doing. You're the Just Feel Kings. Yeah. And he said, what are you guys doing? I said, we're actually recording a new album. He goes, really? Send me the tapes. So literally, like, we hung out at this party. We went back to (laughs) Rochester. We sent him some tapes. Next thing you know, he flew up to Rochester, and he's helping us produce it. You know? Wow. And and it kind of like just like he just loved the band. He thought that out of all the bands doing that stuff, we were like the band. And so he kind of took us under his wing. And then next thing you know, we're on The Sopranos. Or, you yeah. know, we're on Jimmy Kimmel. We're on like Conan <laughs> and stuff. I mean, he, he, he was like a real shot in the arm for the band that took us to even another level, which was you know, great. I mean, he's a dear friend now. You know, I've known him for geez, almost 20-something years. Are y'all still working together? Oh, well, yeah, because, you know, he started his own label back then, and then it kind of was defunct for a while because he was busy with the, you know, the Sopranos, and then he did his own show on Netflix, uh, Lily Hammer, which was kind of a spinoff of the Sopranos. You know, he does a million things. And um, and then when I started The Empty Heart with uh, Elliot Easton from The Cars playing guitar and Clem Burke from Blondie playing drums and 
Wally Palmer from The Romantic playing guitar on our first album. We did a deal with Universal because he didn't have the label going. And then we started recording a new album just a couple years ago. And I was in Manhattan with my wife. We went out to dinner with Stephen and his wife. And, you know, he's asking, who's going to put out your new record? And I said, well, I don't know. We'll probably do it with Universal again. He goes, my label got bought out by Sony. You always got a home with me, and it's done. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's as quick as that. Well, of course, you and I both know Where the would relationships. You, Steven, no, no thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. Don't even have to talk about anything. You know, <laughs> I love it. So, you guys, has it always been an easy, comfortable relationship, work-wise? Well, with Stephen, yeah. Oh yeah, he's the best. I mean, he's he's he demands like the highest quality. Like you can't give him a crappy song and think that he's going to put it out. Yeah, he'll tell you, and <laughs> he don't mince words. I, I I like to tell people this story. It's really funny. Like it was the Chesterfield Kings, I think, um, psychedelic sunrise album. We had Ed Stasium mixing it. Now Ed Stasium is a producer. He's, he, I mean, he's done the Ramones records. Mm-hmm. You know, the Smithereens, Talking Heads. You know, tons of platinum albums, Living Color, and. He's mixing it, and Stephen and Ed didn't know each other. So Stephen gets the mixes, and oh, I get a phone call from Ed Stasium, and he's all distraught. And he goes, I don't know if I'll be able to finish this. I go, why? What's the matter? He goes, I've never been so insulted in my whole professional career. Now, you got to remember, this is a guy, his first record he ever recorded was Midnight Train in Georgia. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> so, so this guy knows his stuff. I go, why, Ed? What happened? I go, I got a phone call from little Steven. Yeah. He goes, he said the kick drum sounds like a chicken bone hitting a cardboard box. Wow. And I, I go, um, uh, I go, I go, I go, listen, have you ever seen the Sopranos? And he goes, well, of course I've seen the Sopranos. I said, you know how like Silvio is on there? I said, Steven isn't acting. That's, that's him. <laughs> he's really like that. He's got that kind of like demeanor, but he's actually a real sweet guy. He, he probably didn't mean it. That's you know. I try to smooth it over. Yeah. So I get off the phone and I call Stephen up and I explain the situation. I go, Stephen, man, the guy was really bummed out. I don't know if he's going to finish the record. You know, he's 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 kind of freaked out about it. He goes, "What'd you tell him?" I said, "Well, I told him that you're a lot like Silvio, but like you're actually a real nice guy." He goes, "Let's get to one thing straight. The only difference between me and Silvio is." He gets to kill a lot of people, and I don't. There's a lot of people I want to kill. <laughs> hey, you, you think about You said something very important. He knows great songs. Who's he been? Who's the sidekick he's been all those years? Bruce Springsteen. He, he yeah, is an exactly. E Street band member. You can't mess with him when it comes. That's the ultimate school, you know? Yeah, I mean, he listen, he demands the have to produce great stuff. And he pulls it out of you, which is really great. And... I, you know, we joke about it with them, you know, Stephen, you hate everything we do. Yeah, yeah, but you got to make it better, you know. <laughs> right. But it's 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 really a, a good thing that he does that because he really demands good stuff, and then it, he pulls it out of you. So it's, he, he's a great guy. He's a sweetheart, and uh, love working with him. You know what I love? We're talking to Andy Babuke, Chesterfield Kings, Empty Hearts. you got to check the music out, and you got to trust me. It's so cool. But what I love about little Stephen is... You think about the relationship, Bruce and him and Matt, you know, Max, all those guys have had all these years, and you have to literally pass away and die to be out of the band. That's how close those, the, the loyalty in it, you know what I'm saying? It's so impressive. Yeah, yeah. 
And you see it on stage, too. They know exactly what each other are doing. I mean, it, they know each other that well. Yeah, you know? that's pretty impressive. Uh, speaking of impressive, as a music and culture ambassador of this great state, I was have been blessed to go do some world music conferences. And the last one we did in Liverpool before all this uh, you know, mess health-wise happened in COVID was in Liverpool, and we were leaving one of the over 200 blues trail markers for the Beatle invasion there, and John Lennon's sister was there. So uh, it was pretty dang cool. I know you'd have dug it, and we, you know, we left it there, and it's a big old beautiful marker, and uh, just sort of uh, you know, celebrating uh, their love of us. So if you can start in Mississippi and you can go through Louisiana and go through all these parts of uh, Chicago and everywhere, but you're going to end up in Liverpool <laughs> before you before it's all said and done. And then also, just the coolest thing was, and ahead of our tourism, and I become great friends. I call him my my uh, point guard, and uh, he, he we go to do this thing. Buddy guys, there he's getting his blues trail marker just over the over the water into Louisiana, where he grew up hanging out on the levee. It was a cold, just perfect, wet, uh, misty day. You know what I mean? It just it exemplified what the day it should have been. And and uh, Jimmy Vaughn's to my left and, and Buddy's to my right. And, you know, I had to speak. And I said, oh, my God, this is just an insane moment for me because I grew up idolizing, loving these guys. You know, as a little boy sitting on the side of the stage at blues festivals and, and Jimmy Vaughn's with the Thunderbirds, and I'm sitting there with my hands, you know, both on my face, on my cheeks, like sitting there <laughs> propped against yeah. the stage. And just to get to actually say words about guys that you really respected. I mean, it's been a cool role. All right, speaking of cool roles, we are the birthplace of American music. I know you dig our music, and I know the Rochester music scene's incredible, but would you like to hear in the break, you get to play DJ, just FYI, would you like to hear Howlin' Wolf or R.L. Burnside? Howlin' Wolf. I love the wolf. That's quick. I'm with Andy Babuke in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Visit Mississippi.org is your next place. Well, it's a lot of places. Just go to it. Trust me. We'll be right back. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Hi, Eddie Schultz here with MGT Films. With some great news for businesses and homeowners here in the metro trying to balance utility bills and save money. 3M Window Films give your single and double pane windows low E glass light savings. 3M Window Films stop heat in the summer and maintain warmth in the cold winter. If you own a building or a home, you don't have to choose between comfort and savings anymore. For free estimates, contact MGT Films at 601-707-5596 or online at mgtfilms.com. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. 
We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Are you an employee or employer in search of flame-resistant clothing that'll protect your arms and legs but won't cost you an arm and a leg? Well, ESI Supply has you covered, literally, with full coveralls, button-down long sleeves, two-button cotton pullovers, and jeans to go with them. ESI Supply is your flame-resistant clothing headquarters. If we don't have it, we can get it at prices that won't burn the pocketbook. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. And online at ESISupply.net. ESI Supply, your flame-resistant clothing headquarters. Quality Preschool, Toddler, and Infant Care. Little Acorns Child Development Center. Now accepting applications for toddlers and infants. 601-965-5002. Little Acorns Child Development Center. 100 West Capitol Street in downtown Jackson at the Dr. A.H. McCoy Federal Building. We're accepting applications for both federal and non-federal children. You will go crazy for Little Acorns, where me, Sammy the Squirrel, will provide tons of fun, fun, fun. Here at Little Acorns, we provide developmentally appropriate curriculums, low staff-to-child ratios, degreed early childhood teachers in all rooms, delicious, healthy breakfast, lunch, and snacks. All teachers certified in infant and child CPR and pediatric first aid. Designated drop-off with health safety temperature screenings at our safe, secure, modern, and spacious facility. Call now for a spot for your Little Acorn today. 601-965-5002. Tell them Sammy sent you. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Today is the deadline for original floor action in the House and Senate. Speaker pro tem Jason White says he thinks they'll be able to cover everything before the end of the day. We did pare down our bills probably by 50. Of, we're probably 50 below where we normally are on the calendar, and I think we've got about 60 bills left today, and we'll get to most of those. At state-run vaccination sites, no ID is necessary. While some are using that to jump the line, State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says the policy is an effort to eliminate barriers to vaccination to the most vulnerable. It's obviously unethical to be misleading and lie on your enrollment, but we don't want to have someone who's older and that doesn't have a driver's license having an impediment to getting a vaccine because they don't have a driver's license or they don't have ID. Currently, those over 65 and those with underlying health conditions are eligible. I'm Kelly Bennett, Super Talk Mississippi News. Happy New Year from Keep Mississippi Beautiful. This is the time to plan ahead and set our goals for the future. We want to encourage everyone to start planning for our great American cleanup, the state's largest effort to prevent litter and beautify communities. Keep Mississippi Beautiful is working to expand our wildflower plantings across the state and to make Mississippi more beautiful. We encourage you to volunteer with us this year and remember, cover and tarp your load and keep litter in its proper place. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.com. Hey there, Lucky Buck here, coming to you live from a nearby meadow. You know, four-leaf clovers are lucky, of course, but I find that the three-leafers are lucky, too, and just as tasty. Mm. Speaking of lucky things in threes, there's Cash Three from the Mississippi Lottery. Cash Three has daily drawings with 50-cent and $1 plays and lots of ways to win. So play Cash Three sometime, and you might be lucky like me. Have fun, y'all. Must be 21 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. 
Most people think there are just seven wonders of the modern world. But if you wake up with Super Talk, you know there are eight. The amount of information and entertainment Paul Gallo fits into one three-hour show is simply astounding. astounding. Amazing it is. News, weather, sports, and interviews with the movers, shakers, and playmakers. Experience the wonder of Gallo. Every morning on Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. As I roll down a Mississippi Minute with my friend, the incredibly talented Andy Babuke, the Chesterfield Kings, the Empty Hearts. Uh, I want to dig into his book, The Beatles Gear. It's unbelievable. I'm looking at it right now. you got the Rolling Stones wanted it after him. Um, you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. You know I love this place, and I love keeping it as pristine and wonderful as it should be. You guys pay attention to that. Go to visit Mississippi.org. A lot of things right there in front of you that you don't even probably experience that uh, so much history. Trust me. All right, Andy, let's talk about how does the Beatles gear book come about? Well, it, it, it was kind of a thing with the Chesterfield Kings. Obviously, we were trying to mimic a lot of the bands in the 60s that we liked. So we started in 78, and like, you know, I mean, the 60s had just ended, not even 10 years prior. So we kind of just liked there was an innocence, you know, when when the Beatles hit and the Rolling Stones hit, all these bands all over the United States were trying to mimic that, and they were trying to, like, buy, you know, the Rickenbacker guitars and Gretsch's and Hoffner's and, and, and sound like that, you know, which is really weird because they... They were pull, you know, the Beatles and the Stones were pulling on American music and then redoing it and then bringing it back to the states. So it was regurgitating American music, right, really. Right. But it, it, what it, what happened? It generated its own kind of garage band thing. Like you get local bands that would like have, you know, popular just in their local scene, maybe record a forty-five, and they put everything into one forty-five. Then they disbanded. A lot of times they got drafted and stuff, and it just. It came and went. We were trying to mimic that. And so in doing so, we were trying to buy, you know, the same kind of guitars, the same kind of amps, Fox amps, and, you know, to emulate the sound. And then when we started to record records, we noticed that it didn't sound like those records. So I started just studying, like, well, what the heck were these guys doing? Like, what made the Beatles stuff sound like that? What made the different bands back then sound that way? And it became a bit of an obsession, and I worked... In, in a guitar store, so I'd see a lot of, you know, stuff, and, and then I became, you know, I studied it quite a bit, and I knew quite a bit about the Beatles stuff, and, you know, there'd be people that come in the shop, and they'd say, hey, I want to go to a Vox Super Beetle like the Beatles used in the studio, and I'd have to tell them, well, they didn't actually use the Super Beatles, they used the British versions, <laughs> you know, because there was two different companies making Vox, and, you know, you tell them the whole story, and you People get in arguments because there's a lot of misinformation about it. And the guys that would work there, they'd be going, "Ah, oh, would you get another Beatle geek? Oh, you had to straighten them out. And it was one weekend where a guy that I was working with, this guy Steve, he goes, man, you know what you should do? You should lock yourself in your house for the weekend, get a six-pack of beer, and just write down everything you know about the Beatles equipment. You'd probably have a book. And I thought, hey, sounds like a good idea. <laughs> and so six years later, I owe that guy a punch in the arm because... <laughs> <laughs> it would have taken it would have taken a pallet of beer and then another pallet and because the book is a mile thick. Yeah, it was labor of love, but you know we got it straight, and I was lucky enough to be able to work with the Beatles and photograph their equipment. When you're making a book like that, who's paying for it? Do you have a publisher already? If you're having to, oh buy? no, no, 
I self-funded the whole thing. And you got to remember, this is in the 90s I did that research. So there was no Internet. Um, you know, there was long distance. My long distance phone bills were like six, eight hundred bucks a month. It's crazy. My wife wanted to Monica's kill me. Monica was going to kill you. Monica was going to kill me. She yeah. was like, "You're going to put us into so much debt. Are you sure you could get somebody to buy this?" And I really didn't know. I was like doing it sheerly out of passion. Yeah. You know, eventually it came out and it did great. You know, it sold over almost two hundred thousand copies. When it came out, who was your publisher? Well, was you know. Funny enough, I had a really lucrative deal with a company called Watson Guptill in New York. They, you know, they published Billboard magazine and a bunch of other big stuff, and they offered me like a ton of money. I walked away from the deal because they weren't passionate about. Like I was, look, we got to we got to photograph these things. There was a guitar, one of Lennon's guitars was in Japan, and I said, we got to get there. We got to photograph it. Yoko gave me the okay to do, but we got to do it. And they go, we're not doing that. I go, we have to. It's the most important Rickenbacker that he used. We ought to do it. She gave me the okay. They didn't care if the book was about hot dogs or guitars. Uh, just as long uh, as the numbers worked, right? They just yeah. didn't care. So I actually walked away from a deal that would have been lucrative for me personally. Ended up going with a smaller firm out of London, and they did a killer job because they understood this the is historically important. Right. Yes, we got to hop on a plane and go to Japan and yeah. photograph this guitar. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, so um, were you surprised at uh, the popularity of it? Um, were there any, like, kinks, uh, uh, chinks along the way that before it took off, or was it one of those things where it just was, was just working and people were, were very receptive? Well, you know, nothing like that had ever been done. Um, the, the, there's, a, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books on the Beatles, and it's always talking about, you know, their songs, you know, all the stuff that we know, what drugs they took, who they slept with. This is a musician's book. This is from the musician's viewpoint. And it's not a book of lists. It's the story of the Beatles from a musician's viewpoint. You're a musician. You understand. When you get a new guitar, Steve, you're going to write a new song. Because <laughs> you're inspired. It's a cool guitar. Yeah, you, you know? have to do that. That's a must. Yes, it's, it's from that kind of perspective. And obviously you learn the whole Beatles story, but you learn it from that perspective and how the instruments and different equipment helped create the music that we all know and love. So it, it was cool from that thing, but I put to rest a lot of myths about the Beatles stuff because I did the research. I actually got a hold of the real people and got the real info. So it was really weird because I was getting notes from, like, I remember the Prime Minister of England got the book and, 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 <laughs> and Tony Blair yeah, he loved it, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is weird. Like, Bruce Springsteen <laughs> probably said the coolest thing. Like, we were at our Springsteen show, and Bruce came up to me, and he goes, uh, and, and it's funny, because we're all having dinners before a show, and we're in this room, and Bruce started talking, and you know when he starts talking, everybody shuts up. Yeah, E.F. Hutton had nothing so, on Bruce. Exactly. So he's doing that thing with his chin a little bit more protruded than his top teeth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Andy, I got to tell you, that book, that's something else. I go, ah, Bruce, thanks, man. You know, he's sitting next to Bruce Springsteen, he's telling you about a book. <laughs> he's like, I got to tell you a story, something that I've never told anybody. Go, yeah. The whole table goes totally dead silent. <laughs> he goes, he goes, when I was a kid and I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, he goes, that, that really did something to me. He goes, he goes, I loved, like, their music, of course. I loved the way they looked. 
but I love their equipment as much as I like their music. Wow. And I liked it so much that I never told anybody because they'd think I was weird. Yeah. And then when I saw your book, I knew I wasn't the only weirdo out there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's the I boss. Go, wow. Wow. I go, I go, gee, thanks, Bruce. You know, yeah. you know, I mean, stuff like that to me was great. You know, it was, it was really great to hear from Ringo. He goes, uh, you know, Andy, I keep your book on my bookshelf. When I need to figure out what I did on a Beatles song, I go to your book and I pull it out and wow. I look up what I did. <laughs> I mean, to get a Beatle to actually tell you that. Yeah, you no, know, that's that, it. Talking to Andy Babuke. Andy, what about the Rolling Stones book? So how does that go down? They, they said, well, the Beatles have one. How come you're not doing one for us? Well, you know, my publisher was like, oh, man, this guy knows what he's doing. You know, this is a hit. We're making tons of money on this guy. What are you going to do next? I, I, I go, well, I don't want to do another book. You know, this is just a lot out of me. They go, well, what would you do? I, I go, you could pay me a ton of money and I'll do another book. But, you know, and, but obviously they're not going to give you a ton of money. And they prodded me along and they got me to do a Rolling Stones gear book. And, you know, and it's another band that I love. I was very fortunate. I got to work directly with the Stones. I got to go through all of Keith Richards' equipment, and and uh, you know we photographed it, and cataloged it. It was it was great to be able. They had stuff they didn't quite understand what it was, and I had to like explain it to them. It was funny, like he has this famous Fender um, Tele Custom, the black one that you always see him using live and stuff. He's right. done on a lot of records and live, but he has a second one, and they're very similar. And they don't know which one was the first one. I had the receipt for the for the guitar. Oh, come so on. I was able to say, well, here's the first one, man. You know, stuff like that, or, or you know, it, it was really fun to do, and they were really gracious and so nice and so cool to work with. And, and in turn, we were able to put out a really cool book. There's a thing with Keith Richards' uh, sound that I've always been, you know, trying to, I was trying to wrap my head around it because I needed to write about it in the book, the sheer volume that he plays at. Like Bill Wyman told me, <laughs> their bass player he said he said you know keith is so loud on stage you don't you don't you, you don't understand he goes when you see mick jagger r running across the stage and he sprints when he's in front of keith amps it's because it's so loud <laughs> he's getting out you know? of the way <laughs> it's, he goes it's not that he needs the calisthenics he needs to run out of the way he goes he goes one night i was looking down and me trousers were moving <laughs> Wow. Because of the sound of pressure the... <laughs> from his amps, you know. So I was asking Pierre, I said, Pierre, how loud? He said, so one time they were in Berlin playing at the big, you know, Olympic Stadium. And it was raining. And he told him to turn everything up on full, all his guitars. The front of house guy actually had to turn Keith off in the front of house. And he was still louder than the PA. Okay, that's that's my kind of guitar player, just FYI. Yeah. You know, I was finishing up the book and they were doing a tour. I was in Boston. I go, how loud are you? Because they finally figured out to tell him, look, we could make it that loud through the monitors. And I go, how loud are the monitors? And there's like a grate on the stage. It's about a 15-foot <laughs> round grate. And underneath is like 10 monitors, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you always see Keith standing in run kind of one area. He goes, here, put Keith's guitar on go stand over there and hit a chord. I almost <laughs> fell down the deep. <laughs> I, love I hit one chord and I go, oh my God. <laughs> That's insane. I'm Steve Azar. Yep. We'll be right back.
I'm Phil Bryant, former governor of Mississippi. I want to share how Mercy House Adult and Teen Challenge is beating dependency and addiction with real results. Families are being restored and relationships healed. Donate a vehicle today in any condition, running or not. Old paperwork is handled and vehicles are picked up and taken away. Donations are tax deductible and 100% of the money stays right here in Mississippi. Call today at 601-572-7296. Thank you. I got my son back. Hi, this is Mark Shapley of M.M. Shapley Steakhouse. This past year, we were fortunate to see many new faces and reacquaint with old friends, and I believe I know why. Being from the Mississippi Delta, we learned how to entertain while creating a comfortable home environment, and that's M.M. Shapley's specialty. M.M. Shapley's is your place for award-winning steaks and homemade tamales. M.M. Shapley's, real, authentic, welcoming, fine dining. For reservations, visit mmshapleys.com or call 601-957-8000. Pillium Corporation. When people hear our name, they say, cool name. What exactly do you do? Great question. Pillium helps your company stay secure and current with IT support, IT security and forensics, cloud services, and networking. Plus, next generation body cameras, in-car video systems, and mobile communications for public safety and first responder clients. In short, Pillium Corporation helps our clients grow and thrive securely. Contact us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. With springtime right around the corner, it's time to start thinking about your lawn equipment needs. This is your local outdoor power equipment specialist, Cameron Hartley, here to tell you all about the great wintertime specials we have going on right now at Hartley Equipment. Homeowners, from now until the end of February, bring in your Xmark mower and receive 10% off on seasonal tune-up services. For this special, we're also offering free pickup and delivery within 10 miles of the store on all Xmark mowers. If you're ready to trade in your old Xmark for a brand new one, then Hartley Equipment will offer you top dollar on your trade-in. Right now, we have financing options with 0% interest and no money down. Get a new Xmark Zero Turn for as little as $79 a month. With the purchase of any new Xmark Zero Turn, we're going to give you a free first service and a $100 prepaid Visa gift card. Come by Hartley Equipment in Gluckstadt and see for yourself why we're the number one Xmark dealer in Mississippi. And as always, shop, shop smartly, shop Hartley. This is Home Answers Radio, and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction. Trey, if a business has uneven sidewalks, they're asking for trouble. Would you agree? Lynn, they are. It's a trip hazard and it needs to be fixed. Our foam technology can level those uneven walks without having to lay down any new concrete. Much easier and more affordable. Trey, my wife tripped over one of those and skinned her knee up. She was fortunate. Call Bulldog Construction at 601-853-4242. In response to COVID-19, Pine Grove Behavioral Health and Addiction Services is offering telehealth services. During this time, health and safety are important, which is why they've expanded their offerings to include telehealth services for children, adolescents, and adults. They have outpatient teletherapy sessions available, and Pine Grove also expanded its telehealth services to include its intensive outpatient program, drug treatment program. Also, all Pine Grove Evaluation Center services are available via telehealth. Patients may call Pine Grove's National Service Center at 888-574-HOPE or visit pinegrovetreatment.com. C Spire 5G. We're building a fast, powerful 5G network to bring you faster phones. You heard right. C Spire 5G. Phones. Faster. Saying it anymore would be. C Spire 5G. Faster phones. No bull. For a limited time, get our best 5G phone free with trade in. 
In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. We're with Andy Babuke. You've got to check his book out. His book, excuse me. He's got one on Bigsby as well, I'm pretty sure. Andy, right? Yeah, the story of Paul Bigsby. It's uh, it's an interesting story because everybody thinks Leo Fender or Les Paul invented the solid body electric guitar, but it was actually Paul Bigsby who did it in the 40s. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, so you learn something every day, Steve. Thank you. When I'm around you, I learn way too much that my brain is capable of occupying uh, such information. Uh, we're, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the first guitar I got from you, the Gretsch, the green Gretsch. is sitting in the middle of my room right now. I'll send you some video footage in a little bit of the studio. Cool. Uh, but uh, anyway, and I'm looking at the leather wrap guitar that you got me, that you made yeah. for me, with my Stickman logo on the back and Highway 61. Speaking of Highway 61, have you not visited us yet? down this glorious highway when are you coming to visit we were we were, we were down there during the cramps tour we did a tour with the cramps and we, we we passed through there but i haven't been down there since hopefully with the empty hearts once the world opens up again we'll we'll head that way okay we've talked stones book beatles gear book we've talked Biz, bigsby quickly but let's talk about the empty hearts because that's your current project uh the band's uh all-star band of of guys that you and i both grew up loving right we, we were growing up while they were growing up they're not that sure. they're not that older than we are what so tell me how that band comes about and then what's the plans well steve you know how like you've toured your whole life so you know how like you meet a lot of guys you're doing show with another guy or Bill or whatever and you're hanging out backstage and and there's certain people you just drawn to you get you get to know socially and 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 inevitably, you do multiple shows together a year mm-hmm. later or something, and then it's always like, hey, man, we should do something together. And, like, years go by, and you never do, right? Right. And yeah. and there was a point with the Churchville Kings, I was just getting a little bored of it. I mean, I'd been doing it for 30 years, and I was like, uh, I'm going to, what What if it would be really cool if you, like, you get a bunch of like-minded guys with the concept that, like, there was that passion when you're a kid and you got your first guitar because there was certain music you wanted to emulate. And I said, it'd be great to like get together with a band like that, you know, just guys with similar mind and just get in a room and just write some songs and have fun. Just have fun in a band. Cause you know how it is being in a band. It's fun most of the time, but it could be a drag, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so you got to take the good with the bad. So I just want to have some fun, you know? Um, and so, Wally Palmer from the Romantics, you know, What I Like About You, Talking in Your Sleep, all those songs. Mm-hmm. He was doing a tour with Ringo and the All-Star Band, and they were going to South America, and he had called me. They were, we're very good friends for years. We toured with the Romantics and stuff. So I said, off the cuff, I just said, hey, Wally, what if we started a band and just, like, you know, just got together and, like, just wrote some songs? And he goes, well, who else are you thinking? I go, well, Clem, Clem Burke. You know, because Clem, we both know him. He's one of the best drummers in the world. He's a cool guy. He likes the same kind of stuff. He goes, yeah, who else you thinking? I'm going, uh, my friend Elliot Easton from the car. He's a killer guitar player. Cool guy. likes all the right stuff, you know. It'd be fun. He goes, we all live in different cities all over the United States. What are you, crazy? I go, ah, just think about it. Look, you go on your private jet with Ringo and have fun in South America. Call me when you get back. <laughs> So about a month later, he calls me and he goes, yeah, the tour is great. He goes, you know, I've been thinking about what you said. I think we should do it. And so we called up Clem, and then we called up Elliot. And next thing we know, 
we all flew out to L.A. and just rented a small rehearsal studio and, like, showed up, like, just, like, just, okay, what are you going to do? I'll let you do some Chuck Berry songs. <laughs> you know, we just played some songs, and, hey, you guys got any ideas? And we wrote songs right on the spot. Wow. And we did that maybe two, three times, four times, maybe. And you had a record. And then Clem decided... I remember it was like January. He goes, I booked a flight for Rochester. Andy, you got a studio there. We're going to record an album. Oh, okay. <laughs> we didn't even have a name for the band or nothing. Wow. It, it, was, it was interesting. So they came out, and we got Ed Stasium to produce it because I had worked with them in the past, and all those guys loved his work with the Ramones and Smithereens and all that stuff. And, um, and we cut the album in five days, literally old school set up get in there and just play the thing and i'll tell you playing with those guys it's a dream because they're the best musicians you could ever ask for i mean great what's well, ditto pros. towards you too because you've always been that way and you know what else it's the end of a mississippi minute and i could talk to you for forty thousand mississippi minutes but you know uh, from Rochester to Mississippi. So, Andy, I can't thank you enough. This is my pal, Andy Babuke. you got to check out the record, Empty Hearts. You can actually buy it, too, just FYI. <laughs> check the Chesterfield Kings out. Uh, check the Beatles gear book, the Bigsby book, the Rolling Stones gear, all these gear, uh, Beatles gear. You guys are going to gonna get to know my pal, and I've always been called his pal, Andy Babuke. Uh, just team. what a mind. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I can't wait to bring him down to Mississippi for him to experience what Visit Mississippi is all about. We are no longer in a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. Thanks, pal. Andy, I love you, pal. Thanks, Steve. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. I'm still trying to find my way. Hey, folks, Steve Azar here. My friends at Guarantee Bank are setting the standard in banking. Guarantee Bank is committed to excellence in financial services and their delivery to strengthen the communities they serve and help improve the quality of life for those all-important areas. So make your reservation today. Their doors are open. Just schedule your appointment and reserve your spot prior to visiting them at gbtonline.com. The entire team of Guarantee Bank are committed to serving you and keeping you and their staff safe during these unprecedented times. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.